Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back. And if it's your first time here, I really hope you enjoy your stay with us. Now, I really love when guests come along and join me. And today is no exception because I've got a wonderful guest. It's um, Amanda, or she likes to be called Mandy. So it's Mandy Hines. Now, Mandy is an accountant and she's actually my accountant. And she's here today to talk through some of the financial side of running a business, because I know for many people, myself included, that's a side that I don't feel very comfortable about. And it can bring me lots of anxiety. So she says, I've been working with owner-managed businesses for 20 years, offering a wealth of experience across a broad range of financial processes. She's considered the go-to person for advice, trusted to provide efficient, organized accounting processes, which is, you know, pretty fantastic. She says, my passion is to enable business owners and their businesses to flourish with sound accountancy advice guidance from initially setting up a company to providing support for established processes and procedures, ensuring the nitty-gritty daily work is completed to give meaningful reports and commentary. So there you go, that's that's Mandy. So what we're going to talk about today, today we're going to look at the importance really of having a business mindset, you know, what difference will that make to you? We're going to look at how to keep simple accounts We're going to have a look at some common misconceptions around expenses. And we're going to look as well at, you know, what is the difference between having a bookkeeper and having having an accountant? You know, which one do you need? And we're also going to look at whether you should maybe consider getting either a bookkeeper or an accountant. Now, I really love this episode. Mandy is so generous in her advice. So I think you'll get a lot lot out of it. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Mandy, I'm absolutely delighted that you're here talking to me because we're going to be talking about accounts, business stuff, numbers. You are my accountant and bookkeeper. You know what I'm like about this. It is, I have a real blind spot here. So thank you so much for coming, talking to me a little bit about, you know, business and numbers and that sort of thing, because I know that there are many, many, many counsellors out there who feel just as terrified as I do. So firstly, thank you so much for coming along and joining us. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Jane. Um, Really looking forward to uh, having a conversation this morning and just sort of getting more information out there, really, and hopefully put put some of those fears and minds to rest, I think. I think it's difficult when, you know, your specialism is is the counselling and training and coaching and that side of things. And, you know, I think when you have your own business, you're expected to sort of know everything, and that's quite a scary place to be, really. I know when I started my business, I felt exactly the same. Um, obviously happy with the numbers and doing that side of thing because that's my training and that's what I do. But when it came to marketing and doing all that sort of thing, I was like, oh, what do I do? And I'm sure that's probably the response. You know, I know you said you've had that response and that's not your bag. It's not your comfortable place to be. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> with bells on. With, I've, I have been known to actually be in tears when I've been doing my figures. It just freaks me out. So I under, anybody listening to this who feels like really scared of numbers, I just want to let you know that there are ways to get through it without like, you know, going through that terror. But yeah, so it's great to have you here. So so what would you say to somebody who is like me, who is really, really scared of this? Because it's a big thing, isn't it? It's a, a, it's official. We're talking about we're talking about taxes. You know, that's scary. What what would be sort of your initial advice for somebody who does feel really scared? I think is the is the reaching out really and having a conversation with somebody. You know, don't be scared of having a, a chat with somebody, a colleague that's used an accountant like yourself, Jane, and has had a great experience and can refer. You know, I'm all about the people in the business and I know we've had this conversation. For me, almost the numbers are secondary. I need to speak to the person, see how they feel about the numbers and then know what my approach needs to be. So I like to try and put people at ease and know it's like, right, I know what I'm talking about with the numbers, years of experience. And there are only so many ways you can deal with the HMRC and the compliance. And it's very much talking through the personal circumstances, how people feel about it, knowing what sort of level to sort of discuss things at and saying, right, okay, do we take it one step at a time, which is what we've done to make sure we tick all the boxes and make sure we're happy with everything and then move forward. So I think for me, it's very much almost a a bit of a holistic approach is how I see it is that we look at the person here as well, see how they're feeling, their mindset, the business and sort of teasing out what works for them. So I guess it's almost like um, a little mini counselling session really on (laughs) feelings about finances, Jane. I think it's sort of automatically involved. And that is just such a good point. So I had a bookkeeper, Yvonne, you know, Yvonne, Yvonne is fantastic, but um, I had to change. And when I was between bookkeepers, I found it really difficult because there were some bookkeepers that actually made me feel more scared. And they were being, you know, using terms and words that felt more scary. And then I found you and you were somebody who was able to speak to me as a person and sort of understand where I was coming from. And that makes such a difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think as a profession, we're seen as those grey suits and a bit sort of unapproachable. And we just send you your accounts annually and get you to sign them and that's it. And for me, that's not how I want, how I see it. I'm not that personality at all, as you know, Jane. And as I say, I like to see the person behind the figures because you're the important person here. And yes, we've got compliance to do and things we need to do and boxes we need to tick, but that's fine. That's almost the easier bit for me. It's more for me about getting the person comfortable with what they're doing and feeling reassured. It's almost like a virtual hug. I try and give you about your finances, Jane, that you know I'm on it. I can look at it. If there's a problem or a question, I can come to you and we can talk about it and work things through. So, you know, everything's not going to be perfect. I'm not here to judge people at all. You're not finance experts and we don't always get it right, Mm -hmm. Jane. So I'm human too. I don't always get everything right first time. I'd like to, I'd like to, but uh, that's not always the case, but we can work things through, check we're happy with everything. And sometimes I go away and look at things and research things as well, because finances is such a big area. Not one accountant could know every area or every answer to every question is impossible. Mm. And I think once um, once I got into that mindset, you start worrying less about what you do and just knowing that as long as you've got the right processes and ways of sort of sorting things out, then you, it's not a problem. Mm. 
So what would be a good way to start? Now, I know if you're just starting out in private practice, I know if you're just starting out in private practice, it feels like (laughs) you've got a to-do list that's like several miles long. But one of the things that you have to do right from the start is have a, a, a bit of a you have to have some sort of system in place. So what would be a good place to yeah. start? So I think what, what really helps is having a separate bank account initially, Jane. So keep it separate from your personal things and that will make it much easier for you to work out what's happening, what's going in, what's coming out. And also when you do get some help in, it'll be easier for them to do it as well. So say, for example, I got an, a new client. I'd say, right, make sure you've got your bank account set up. Everything that's for business goes through and then your personal stuff is kept separate. That's your first sort of building block. And then ideally what we did want is some sort of system for keeping what goes in and what goes out. So your invoicing side and who you're selling to and records that way. So you can do that as simple as some type of spreadsheet. So an Excel or a Google sheet, something like that, Jane. Or some people like to use apps. There's lots of different apps on the marketplace and it's really having a look to see what, you know, what's simple for you. Or you can go straight into having some software that might be a little bit scary for somebody. I know you use QuickBooks and like that. There's obviously lots of others. So we've got Zero and Free Agent and quite a few attached with bank accounts now. So it's always worth a look at those to see what those do. And as long as they do the basics for you, So you can see what comes in, what goes out. That's really what we're after initially. So you've got a record and really that you keep your receipts and you're able to basically access all your receipts if you need to and print them. So you can get a hard copy if they're ever needed. So can you still, I know know tax has gone digital. Can people still just get a notebook and keep, you know, a detail of things that come in and things that go out? So you can really go old school. You can. You can go as manual as you like. The only thing to bear in mind is that it can take a little bit longer to put things together. Um, but what a good accountant would do is check those figures. They'd add them up, make sure they balance and then analyse the expenses as well. So we'd have a look at what comes in, what goes out and what that's spent on. So, yeah, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, any accountant that's worth their salt would be able to do that and should be able to work from some manual records. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is if you if you're just starting off, I think it's that whole keep it simple, just really keep it Absolutely. as simple as you possibly can. And for yeah. me, for years, I had an A5 notebook and one side was money in and one yeah. side was money out. Perfect. And I had a paper clip with my receipts and yeah. it was it was yeah. like that. And then of course things change and grow. So you, to start mm. with, you can do it yourself. At what sort of point do you think people might want to consider? a bookkeeper mm. and another um, question I mean I'm going to ask two questions at once which I know is really bad <laughs> form but let me start with what is the difference between a bookkeeper and accountant so a bookkeeper will really sort of help you look after those ins and outs really so generally they'd help more potentially bring stuff from a bank statement into a spreadsheet balance things for you you get sort of all different levels of bookkeeper but generally they're looking at reconciling and checking things and for you Jane and and some of your colleagues will be sort of looking after Stripe accounts and PayPal accounts and balancing those like mini banks as well because we treat them in the same way and making sure things are classified correctly so not quite so important for the manual side there gets a point I think when possibly your time gets quite a bit shorter And you've got too much to do and you want to spend more of that on the coaching and counselling side and less on the admin stroke finance side. And I think once you start to feel a bit overwhelmed or you're not getting to it and it gets put right down the to do list, 
for whatever reason, I think then it's time to think about having a conversation with somebody and making it easier and more efficient for you and saving you the time. I think once you start getting stressed, that the time's going, I think is, is really the time to think, oh, actually, yeah. I'm going to need somebody to help. So the bookkeeper will look after that side of things. Now, an accountant generally will do um, a different level. So some bookkeepers can do um, self-assessment tax returns and some will look after limited companies, but most of them will just do the transactional side. So your everyday bits and bobs, whereas an accountant will generally look after the compliance and the annual things. So pulling everything together for the tax returns for sole traders and self-employed people, double checking that we've got all the expenses in and knowing all the sort of the theory behind it all. And hopefully trying not to give you too many technical terms, Jane is saying, checking if um, a client has uh, spent from their personal bank account, that does happen. People forget and use their personal account instead of the business. So we sort of pull together an expenses list and it's just sort of making sure all the boxes are ticked really on a self-assessment tax return. So it's not just about the self-employment. It's about the personal income for the person. It's it's a a whole approach rather than just the one item. So we have to look at things like bank interest received, if they've got any rental properties, all sorts of lots of boxes that you'll know that you have to sort of complete. So the accountant will do that higher level view and a more annual review. But again, they can also get into the nitty gritty and prepare the records for you to go into that. I think that what I find really helpful knowing that somebody's out there helping me with my finances is I have done for years and years and years, as long as I know, I have left it until January to do Mm. my tax return. And every single year I've said, I will never, ever put myself (laughs) through this again. And Mm. every single year I do it. it. (laughs) You're not the only one, Jane. Don't worry. (laughs) But having somebody there that does help you to keep keep your records in some mm. sort of, mm. and I suppose the other thing is for me, it's nice knowing, being really clear, how much money is coming in, how much I'm making, how much mm. I can pay myself. Exactly. The danger with doing it annually is, as you say, you don't have that visibility of what is happening with the money. All you've got to go on is that physical bank account. You don't know whether you're making a profit do you it's you're not thinking ahead potentially that you've got xyz to pay you know there's bills that will come up later and subscriptions that will come around annually and those sorts of things and you don't have that clarity on when you need potentially to register for things like that and do those sorts of things so you can sort of get into this sort of almost i'm just head down doing the work and not really quite sure oh i can just take out the money i need which is a nice position to be in, but not really understanding where that leaves you as a business yeah. um, and, and what you need to do potentially yeah. to make sure that, that you're complying. Yeah. And not not being sure that you've got, you know, you might have some money available that you can then invest into your business, but you might not even be aware exactly. of the fact. Yeah. So you yeah. might be holding yourself back because you're not yeah. actually doing the doing the things that could have so it could be some training or some help that you need exactly but you might just not be aware that that's that the money is 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 there as you say and available and also that you're not potentially was taking um advantage of the facts yeah you could be saving into a pension with that spare money as well there's enough to do Mm. that and you know help planning for the future and I think it's very often we look backwards I think with accounts don't we Jane so I'm always asking you for the previous month statements and things so I can make sure everything's right and up to date for you but that gives us the platform so that we can look forward 
And I know we've talked about budgeting and looking ahead, which is sort of our next step isn't it to sort of so you can start forward planning and get that visibility so you know yeah. where you'd like to take the business and yeah. we started to have conversations haven't we about what you'd like to do with the business I'm like right okay so are we going to look at limited are we going to you know what do you want from this business where do you want it to go yeah and I think it's about taking control and I think as well mm. it's about being mindful that this is a business I know very often counsellors uh, obviously some counsellors work full-time, but very often counsellors are working part-time. And sometimes we, sometimes it's not necessarily looked at as a business. It's just something that people kind of just do. don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but, mm. but it is a business. And as a business, there are, well, it's about having a business mindset and saying, mm. you know, right. Okay. And looking at your finances, a part of that, looking at, mm what money's coming in, what money's going out, what money you're mm-hmm. earning is is literally about that business mindset, isn't it? Absolutely. It's because you are the business when you're obviously when you're self-employed, it it's you and just you. And and for a point I'm in a limited company and it is just me, but equally it's it's a different structure and there's different liabilities and you know different pressures, I think, from different places. Yeah. But the mindset's really key here because you wear a lot of hats as a business owner, you know, you're trying to be an admin person, a finance person, a marketing person, uh, as well as what you actually do, your main sort of income and and the counselling and coaching that you do. And I think treating it more as a business and almost separating yourself a little bit from it. So yes, you are the business, but you also need to protect and have that work-life balance, I think as well, Jane. And it's too easy, isn't it, just to as you say, have maybe your employment, whether that be one up, you know, one day a week up to, you know, full time. And this is a side, a side business. It's just thinking that, yes, it's business. It's what I love to do. And I'm, aren't I lucky that I'm doing something that I love as a business, but it is a business and it's treating it more like that. And I think you can step back a little bit when you get to that mindset and not worry so much, you can get the right people. Um, on board to help so if you need a VA to start helping with the admin and doing those sorts of tasks and scheduling you get the right software in you know you calendly all those sorts of things Jane and I know you use quite a few different softwares and course builders and things and it takes I think quite a while to develop that if you're new to it doesn't it and it's getting experience and talking with other people who have that mindset is really helpful and it's almost like some mentoring is really useful so if you've got people that have already been there done it you can have a regular conversation with and sort of go through what were their ups and downs because it is a roller coaster as you and it's just riding that roller coaster in the best way that you can and as I say it, I think the mindset is really crucial and I think it takes a while to get there absolutely and I think the mindset is well as you say it is it, it is really crucial and I think it works both with things like the finances but when it comes to marketing as well if you take away if you sort of almost slightly separate yourself from the business Mm. when it comes to promoting it's Mm. like I'm not trying to sell myself I'm Mm. trying to Mm. promote my business and it's a a slight mindset uh, change Mm. that just takes it from being feeling so incredibly personal and I think that's just Mm. a really helpful Mm. just Mm. a a really helpful little Mm. thing to do Absolutely. Because I think we we get very much, you know, imposter syndrome is a big thing when you first start the business and also taking things very personally. So if a client leaves you or a client has a problem, that can personally be really quite difficult to deal with. And I've I've done exactly the same. You know, I'm a lady in a service 
profession and, and you will, you know, you're human at the end of it and you are a person in it. And sometimes, yeah, that I think that separation as you can build it and sort of get that in mind helps. You know, when you first start, you're all about, oh my God, I've got every, got to get everything in place. I need to try and work. I need to pay the bills. You know, there's loads and 101 thoughts going around your head. And I think almost the mindset's the last thing you're thinking about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's one of the one of the things that should come right really early on, personal development yeah. and really, yeah. you know, if I am going to be in business, what does that really mean? And just getting really yeah. clear on that. And it yeah. helps to keep those boundaries. It, like you say, it mm. helps to keep that work-life balance separate because mm. work then becomes, you know, a, a completely separate mm. thing that you can mm. then co- compartmentalise so you're not thinking yeah. about it all the live long day, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're not thinking about it when you first wake up. You're not thinking about it when you go to sleep. And I did something very simple a couple of weeks ago was take my work emails off my phone. Yeah. So now literally, so I, I can see my work diary, which is the minimum I need to see. And that's handy to have, but I'm not checking it all the time. And of course, I literally don't look now unless I need to until I get back to work on a Monday morning. And I've literally organized myself. So my first hour on a Monday is reviewing the emails that have come in. Yeah. And that's it. And it's all yeah. about just setting those little boundaries. And I found that really hard to start with, Jane, because I'd see an email come in over the weekend and I'd answer it. And I'd have clients that say, do not be answering this over the weekend. Don't look <laughs> at it. And you can't help yourself because it's your business and you feel so attached to it and want to give everyone the best service, don't you? Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. But you you do have, you know, I've done that for about 18 months. It's taken me 18 months to switch my work emails off. So I fully appreciate that, you know, People do do that and get very, very involved. And something's like, right, I need to put those boundaries in. What am I happy to do with work? You know, I need to do the school runs if you've got younger children. You know, when do I need? To, I've got a booking time for myself and I need to switch off and you need to make sure you've got you time. I think I was um, guilty of not doing that so much and pulling out. And I was working a lot of hours and I'd start doing the odd evening and the weekends. And it's really easy to get into the habit of you know, blowing your whole life out of the water and just constantly working and you have to step back from that. Oh, and absolutely. Look at times and put your boundaries in place. Of, right, this is the amount of sessions I want to do. These are the times I'm going to stick to. And to be happy to say no to people, that was a really big thing for me. You think you have to take everybody on. So that's not the case. You know, your whole business is not going to fall apart because you don't take a client on. If they're not right for you, if your instinct's telling you, oh, I think they're going to be difficult to work with. They're not my normal kind of client. You know, I think it's very much establishing who your client is and who you want to work with as well. Yeah. And I think when you're first starting, I think you kind of, you'll accept it sort of any client at any time and you fit in with them. I think that's normal. I think Mm. as time goes along and you realise that, oh God, I don't want to see somebody at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. That's not what I want to do. As time goes on, you start to get a little bit more courage around boundaries. But I've done exactly the same as you. I love what I do and I get lots of inquiries and it's great. And, you know, I do love it, but I was, by answering inquiries at the weekend, it meant basically I was working at the weekend. So I've actually got a, a form that I give to new members that has Uh, expectations what you can expect from me and part of that is don't expect a response from me at the weekend whether it's in the in the Facebook group or whether it's you know anywhere sometimes I'm available to answer it but really that's my that's my that's my weekend 
and yeah. I don't really go and do mm. any work at the weekend. So mm. yeah, it's such that's an a really great thing. boundary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. as you say, it sort of takes a bit of time for you to get there. And you're almost led too much by clients rather than you telling them what you're available for. And as you say, you're just, when you start, you're there, you're trying to overplease everybody. <laughs> and yeah. it's very easy to get overwhelmed and be working 24 seven. And you, yes. you really don't want that. Yeah, You don't want to get to the point where you don't like what you're doing, because clearly yeah. you do love what you're doing to do it as a business. So it's trying not to make it painful for yourself I think yeah keep yeah keep it as stress-free as is humanly possible uh, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a little bit of stress but yeah. there's a lot of stress we don't have to have uh yeah I want so to when just you ask you you're giving yourself <laughs> yeah it, you can you can take on too much and anybody that's a bit of a people pleaser and I suspect there are several counsellors that are on the people pleasing spectrum it's natural to just want to help lots of people but we do have to take care Something I do just want to ask you if it's all right to just sort of expenses. Now, I think this is such a big subject and I don't expect you to have a big sort of, you know, black and white answer of (laughs) yes or no to anything. But sometimes when I'm in like counsellor Facebook groups or in any Facebook groups, Mm. I hear people talking about, um, yes, you can put your own counselling on there or yes, you can put the clothes that you wear on there or you know and I I know I know I'm not sorry I'm not an accountant but I know that those things aren't allowed have you any advice about expenses because we want to be able to claim as many things as we possibly can legally but equally we don't want to be claiming things that really we're not supposed to yeah it, it is a big minefield of an area if you went and had a look at the HMRC website and had a look at the expenses manual, it would freak you out. It freaks me out, Jane. I won't <laughs> to go do it have a look at it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> so I'm not going to recommend anyone do that. I need to, generally, if I want advice on what expenses are claimable, if there's some odd little bits or unusual things I've not come across, I'll give them a ring and ask them for their advice because there's some, you know, I know there's it gets a bad press, but there are some really good people at the HMRC that are really helpful. But you pick some great ones as examples there. Yeah, most people, most counsellors will be having their own counselling. And unfortunately, that's not included because that's a personal benefit rather than and you, some people will argue, oh, but it's enabling me to do my business. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still seen as a personal benefit. And again, with the clothes, unless it's workwear that's branded. So if you had something, you know, with your counselling logo on and it was something you used all the time to go and see clients, then, yes, you'd be able to use it or specialist footwear. The easiest thing to say is people like your tradesmen that wear the, you know, the boots and the special trousers and everything. That's claimable because they have to have that to do their job. Whereas you and I sitting here, I've I've had some branded workwear, which I'm going to use and I can claim that. But equally, you know, what I'm wearing now isn't claimable. Or if you bought a smart suit to go and see a client, that's not claimable either because you can get a personal benefit from that. So expenses really is, is it 100%? Now, the technical, I'll throw the technical wording at it and then explain it. So it's wholly incurred for business purposes. So say, for example, we've got some stationery that we're using for printing and it all goes through the business. Yes, that's a business expense. That's no problem. You can have some things where potentially some stationery that you use for personal and for business. So what you can do there is look at making an estimate of what proportion is used and claiming some of it. So even if it's a part business use, you can also look at it that way as well. 
Uh, but generally the thought is if it's for your business, claim it. And if, for example, it's gone through your personal account by mistake or you've used the wrong card, that's not a problem. And you you bought, I don't know, a book to use in the business or a training course on your personal, you can have the business refund you for those. That's not a problem. And you do it as expenses, basically, as a claim against the business. Make sure you keep the receipts again. Um, do a, a, You could do a basic expense form if you wanted to, a list of personal spend that's for the business. And, and that's absolutely fine. But yeah, generally what I say to my clients is, right, if you're unsure, put it in and I'll check it. Yeah. So yeah. if you've got that, you know, advice or someone that can look over, because I'll always look through the transactional side of everything every year. So obviously we do bookkeeping as well. So I see the nitty gritty for you, Jane. But And as the accountant, I would also do a double check. So we should both be looking and pick out anything that looks a bit. Some things will be, you know, in your face and it'll be like obvious to me, <laughs> but it wouldn't be to yourself. And that's just because I'm trained and experienced. So you pick up things and experience as you work along. But I say, you know, include it. Or if, and then just put a question mark next to it or highlight it and say, not sure whether I can include this, Mandy. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah. And I'll say, oh, yeah, we can do that. Or we can do a percentage or, you know, that sort of thing. Many people forget to claim their mileage, Jane, and travel. So generally, it's a bit more difficult with vehicles and things. Mileage is the easiest way to go for an expense there because that covers wear and tear of the car and little bits for servicing and things like that so it should give you a reasonable return and just keeping a note of whether it's a, a google list of where you've gone or if you've got a travel app that does the mileage for you brilliant those sorts of things are proof of what you've done and what's business and just to yeah. keep a record it's important to keep a record of expenses because mm. you forget i mean i mm. to be i'm i'm the other way i'm not constantly trying to claim things i'm not entitled to I'm more likely to completely forget that I've had an expense and therefore lose out on that. So, you know, make sure that you are claiming the expenses that you are yeah. entitled to. This isn't, yeah. you know, yeah. this is this is something you're entitled to do. You're not like trying to do anything wrong. Exactly. So make yeah. sure that you're claiming that yeah. because it's, it's your legitimate. Money. Yeah. It's a legitimate business expense, whether you've done it personally by mistake or whether it's gone through the business account, you can have that money back. So you should have it. As far as I'm concerned, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking to minimise the tax bill in the ways that we're able to. So we're not trying to cheat the tax man. We're not trying to, as you say, put stuff through that we're not entitled to. We're just trying to put through the expenses we are able to. And that's yeah. and generally as an accountant, we'll have a conversation at the end of the year. And I'll ask you, what have you put through your personal account, Jane, by mistake that's for the business? And that's absolutely fine. So from um, a record keeping point of view, I'd recommend that you do that check monthly I know you said you've left it to the end of the year and, and so many people do that and then it becomes this huge mountain to climb I think doesn't it it's and having to put probably a whole a whole half or a whole day aside to do it and the, rest. Think, uh, <laughs> and the rest <laughs> depending on how much is in that yeah as your business grows that snowball becomes really big yeah and becomes a big task at the end of the year and then you you give yourself the stress you don't really need to if you've looked at it monthly you know everything's in there and you've just got to do perhaps a last sweep of everything to make sure it's in. So ideally, I'd also recommend that once we've gone past the tax year, that you, if you do your own tax returns or you have an accountant that does them for you, is that you do them sort of in the summertime. And that gives you enough time to make sure you're putting aside enough tax and you haven't got a scary bill at the end of January yes. because there comes that point where we add payments on account and HMRC want a bit more. And when you hit that, it, that can be, you know, you think, oh, it might just be a £3,000 tax bill. All of a sudden it's a £5,000 tax bill. 
And that's a and jaw then a bit more. Yeah. It is. And yeah. then a bit more in July again. And you're like, oh my word, where am I going to do that? I've not yeah. been putting anything aside. So I think all those things together, having the business mindset and working ahead and planning ahead, especially for the tax bills, so that you know you're not going to have a scary bill for that January. You know, HMRC are really good. You can pay sooner if you want to. I've got some clients that send them a monthly amount to make sure that they've covered everything they need to pay. That's fine. You can pay in the January and July if you want to. It's not a problem. So it's all about working through what works for you and what you're comfortable with. You know, it's entirely up to you, but it's trying to take the fear away and having those jaw dropping moments because that's like, you know, the last thing as an accountant I want to do is say, Jane, you've got a £15,000 tax bill due at the end of January and we're only looking at this on the 25th. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like that either, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd like that. (laughs) So I think really it it all boils down to if you have a business mindset, if you look at your counselling practice as a business and Mm. treat it as such, as in Mm. keeping it separate to your own personal stuff, uh, keeping your expenses clear, um, having some sort of simple record system that you look at every single month and then when you do that, you're in a position to really not have those horrible, scary, unexpected bills that, you know, freak us out, yeah. then that means that we're going to be in a lot better position. Exactly. And when the time's right to get yourself an accountant who can just help you with that, yeah. doesn't actually have to cost too much, does it? I mean, no, it's, exactly. and there are expensive ones, of course, but you can yeah. get something that's going to be within your within your price range and it's yeah. going to really, really help. Yeah. And of course, we're tax deductible, Jane, which is always good. We yes. can be included. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It's so always that's a, always good. <laughs> a pro to it, isn't it? Yeah. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's, you know, the general rule of thumb for most self-employed people when they start out is they put around 25% of their profit away and draw that out. So generally what can happen is people just draw everything out and don't put anything aside. So I always recommend at least 25% because it's not just tax that will get calculated, it's national insurance as well. And a lot of people forget that. So as the business grows, that can be quite a sum on its own yeah. and add up. And if you put too much away, well, you're just gonna, it's just a way of saving, isn't it? At the exactly. end of it, you've got a little nest yeah. egg and you can go, That's right, what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Cool. we hopefully the 25% is a little bit over, brilliant. Then it's like, oh, I've got a little bit of money left at the end. What can I do with that? Something nice Ka-ching. for you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And think, oh, actually, do you know what? I'll leave that in there for the next one. So it's entirely up to you then. But you know, you've covered the, you know, the tax that's needed, and you've put away a nice amount. Yeah, and there's not going to be a nasty surprise. Exactly. Yeah. And, and as you say, the sooner you get those figures done and checked, you know, you're going to have enough, or you can put a plan in place to deal with it, Jane, because yeah. you know what the figures will be potentially six, seven months before there's anything to pay. Yeah. which is good. And that is going to be something that takes away that stress. You're yeah. going to feel in control. It's going to be so much better. Exactly. It yeah. is all about you running the business rather than the business running you, yeah. overwhelming you. And that mindset, being able to step back a little bit, looking at what help you need, you know, where, where you're strong, where you're not so strong, where you've got people that can help you and work out the costs of that as well. The more you can think ahead, I think the better. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, you know, use the finances to enable you to plan rather than just look backwards. Yeah, yeah. Mandy, this has been absolutely fantastic. I know that my listeners will have got loads out of this. So thank you fantastic. so much for coming and talking to us. 
if people want to connect with you, where's the best place to do that? I know you're on LinkedIn. Is that the best place? I am. Yep. So I'm actually um, on LinkedIn, both personally and for the business. So I'm Mandy Hines on there, purely because professionally I have to have my full name for licensing and things, but I am a Mandy at heart. So you'll find me on there and the um, practices Axe Valley Accountancy. You also can find that on LinkedIn and also Facebook. I'm on both of those to connect with. And of course, website is Axe Valley Accountancy Limited co.uk and more than happy to have a look around there and have a look at the services I offer and booking for an initial chat if you'd like to yeah I mean I'll put all of those details somewhere around this recording so you'll be able to just click on it and go and, and go and connect with Mandy Mandy thank you so much for coming it is so nice to have somebody to to talk to that does really understand how scary that it is and how scary we can feel and help to take away some of that stress for us and it's, it's, you know, the whole, it's all about being in control, knowing that you're in control removes that stress. So the more that you can be in control, the better. And you kind of really help with that. So thank you. Okay. You're more than, and thank you so much for inviting me. You are very welcome. See, I told you she's lovely. So if you're prone to be terrified of the number side of your business, as I am, there are always ways to make things more easy on yourself. And I'm all about making things more easy. So please go and connect with Mandy. I know that she'd love that. And tell her that you heard about her on the Grow Your Private Practice podcast. I'll put all of the links somewhere around this recording so that you'll be able to see her on social media and her website. So go and check her out. And yeah, have a word with her. So that's it for this week. If you found this useful, please go and tell your therapy friends, you know, let them know that this is here. You know, we've now got, you know, many, many, many. I've been doing this nearly two years. So we've got many, many, many different episodes with all sorts of different things in there that's going to help people. So don't let your friends struggle. Tell them that we're here. And have a fantastic week. I hope to speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.